Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg, the Blurg. 30 Rock, Blurg, the 30 <laughs> Rock podcast. Today, we are taking on episode nine, aka The Baby Show. So in this episode, Liz wants to have it all. And part of having it all, in addition to working at her job while working, is to have a baby. Jenna helps in the only way she knows how, igniting everyone's sexuality to provide potential sperm to Liz Lemon's unwelcome womb. Jack has mommy probs, Tracy has Josh probs, and inexplicably, Josh solves Jack and Tracy's probs towards the end. Join us for another episode of Blurg. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. So I told you I started looking at the ratings and the IMD rating for this is an 8.0, which would make it higher than the breakup, which is the last episode. Interesting facts. This one was directed by Michael Englander, Engler, who just directed the Downton Abbey movie. So he's like legit real life director person. Wow. <laughs> Anybody I care? Just, I don't know. I do. I, I mean, like, oh. I do care. I like Downton Abbey. It has a homosexual in it. Uh, at least. I don't know. I haven't seen much of it. But that's sort of like my prerequisite for enjoying any content. Is that true? I'm trying to remember. These days, yeah. Like, is it true that there's a gay? Or is it true yeah. that that's... Yeah, there's Who's that... Who's the gay on 30 Rock? Rock? Who's the gay on 30 Rock? I'm assuming Kenneth. But no, he has that thing uh, with Jan no? Park. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah. Is there a gay on 30 Rock? No. There's a gay cop that she, like, steals his apartment. And yes. <laughs> That's true. That's eons away. That is season six or something, right? That's far, far away. So we start off and it's Jenna's birthday. And much really? like when Tracy was being welcomed to the show and Jenna came in and there was all this fanfare and they were like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> good times. Not you. Not you, Jenna. So Jenna has a birthday. And so immediately she bursts into song um, and like inexplicably children are our future. Um, and then Suri comes in with the news that she's engaged. Yay. Jenna, without missing a beat, slightly, you know, shook up, but is like, I'm going to regain the momentum. I'm going to dedicate the song that I'm still fucking singing to you now, Suri. It's once again, Children Our Future, where she lets Kenneth <laughs> a single <laughs> breath of the song. I believe. <laughs> what is it? Like, keep them young and let, the, I don't know. I would always, well and let them, let them lead the way. Um, and so Sari, we find out, is engaged to whom we don't know. Um, but one of his many redeeming qualities is that he yells at limo drivers, and it's just so fun. How and long then, have they been together? Well, it'll be. Uh, it'll be two months and three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am like, what's the math on that? Okay, yeah, yeah. So like a month, a month and a week, four, five weeks. God, we're not great. The public school system failed us. Um, so then it's Ceres, whatever, engagement party. And then one opt by the most exciting news. There's an antique car show in the plaza, um, which Josh comes in to celebrate. So that's exciting. And then we get the bum, 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 And then we come back to Jack's office. Yes. Where he's on the phone yelling and screaming, Jonathan is there. I've told you before how much I love Jonathan. And he's getting these bowls of food ready because Jonathan Jack is totally stressed out. What's that? 
I said Jonathan's the gay. There's your gay. That is true. Not yes. openly gay. <laughs> Do you think he's openly gay? He's gay for Jack. Who isn't? Honestly. <laughs> a lady will have two tickets to the gun show. I'm a daddy and I'm a bear. I'm a daddy bear. <laughs> Why are your eyes so much bluer? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So Jack comes out. He's obviously super upset. And he starts putting, what's he putting in his pocket? It's like Reese's cups or the M&Ms. I don't Reese's Pieces. I don't know what's in the bowl. It looks like Reese's Pieces. And then he claps, which <laughs> at some point off camera prior to this has become an official recognized command for, I need cheese puff balls. <laughs> Have you ever eaten a giant can of cheese, cheese balls? Um, yeah. Have I ever been awake on a Friday night at my home? Yes. So at Target, they sell a giant tub of cheese balls right next to a giant tub of frosted animal crackers with sprinkles. That is, that's my apocalypse snacks. I don't know why I don't have that right now. I'll tell you what, one hand in the cheese balls, one hand in the frosted animal crackers. Yep. I need nothing more from life. Just keep A going. nice cold yep. sparkling water. Well, have you ever had Garrett's popcorn from Chicago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, one is some cheese. One's butter and one's caramel. And just oh, when you get sure. sick of one, you go to the next and then back and back. And it just never ends until it's all gone. Oh, it's a dream come true. Garrett's, where are you? So Liz is up there whining because they want jackets. And the accountant guy says <laughs> they can't have jackets. But the Dayline guys have jackets. Jack's freaking out. So he goes into the office with three different types of large foods. And, and then, why is he eating all of these large foods? Oh, because because he got a call from a 407 area code, which... Doesn't actually bear any more explanation. If you're getting a call from Orlando, Florida, boom, already that's a disaster. You don't need stories finished. You don't need to elaborate. You don't need to expound on why we don't like 407 area code. If there's a call coming from Orlando, Florida, you do not want to take that call. So I get it. We do and drills yeah. about this. We do drills. Liz distracted me. She's like, oh, I wasn't even here. But and then he screams and is like, God damn, these cheap phones. And then <laughs> Jonathan is like, so Jack will see you now. And Liz She's is like, like oh, no, 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 no. Um, so then Liz does notice that he's super stress eating. Um, and then uh, Jonathan is like, he works so hard. To which Liz is like, okay, all right. No, which, hold on. Jonathan has a death grip on her upper arm. He is yeah. holding, he's like, you don't know what he, how much he goes through. He puts up with so much. And she's like, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the death grip really got me this time. I was like, wow, commitment. This is the start of several great storylines. First of all, um, Jonathan being forever enamored with Jack and Jack being like mostly okay with it, but also keeping him at a distance. Then Liz, that distance right there. And then Liz's um, obsession, or at least desire, it does get kind of obsessive with having a baby and having it all, including the baby. And then Jonathan, no, Jack's relationship with his mother, which is very fraught. We realize how fraught in this episode. But Elaine Stritch is a gift to the world. Ah, so fucking good. So yeah. she's not existing as Elaine Stritch yet, but we're all yeah. thinking of her, right? Because we've seen the yeah. show so many times. So her wanting to come live with him and oh my God, it's the best. Yeah. He's just, he's just the best. Oh my God. So then he's down at, he's, he's talking to his mom on the phone again. And the ringtone they've given for his mother is really annoying. So every time we hear it, I, I hear it every time I'm like, Oh my God, I don't care that it's his mother. I just don't like that ringtone. He's yelling at his mom on the phone. He tells Kenneth to go to hell and he's like, no, thank you. And he comes back to talk to Kenneth. 
about all of that. And then he starts eating his sandwich. And I think we talked last week about what the way people eat and how it bothers us, if it does. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack does the breathing thing with his nose. He's like eating the sandwich and he's out of breath. He's like, <gasps> I'm like, oh, this is bad. And poor Kenneth so- is like, it's my only food for the month. Please don't <laughs> eat my sandwich. What's the opposite of ASMR? Because that's exactly what he's doing. What sound is it just misophonia? Is that what we're all just accepting that we have? Because yeah, no, I noticed it. I do feel like a lot of that was improvised and was fucking hilarious how he keeps grabbing at just whatever's around and then he puts and then licking the, his t- plate. I know. Table. And then so putting gross. the sandwich <laughs> unwrapped into his pocket. I know this is okay. Once again, uh, I don't believe in the misophonia. Like he's making a disgusting sound. If someone stabs me in the arm, I don't have knifeophobia. It just—it's mean. Stop it. <laughs> no, I know. This is the entire time I was like, this is this is untoward. This is not toward. <laughs> it's not toward. This is not toward. I don't appreciate any of this. Um, so Jack questioning Kenneth about how he can be such a happy-go-lucky guy in this dark, dark world and with his mother and everything. And he talks about how his mother's his best friend. She carried me for nine months. Now I'll carry her. <laughs> Which, like, I guess sweet, but I, like, uh Yeah. Those sweet. words will never come out of my mouth to my mother, but I love her dearly. But I love your mother dearly, too. Oh, that's true. You do know my mother. <laughs> Which you regret every single day. I also feel like we should give props to Alec Baldwin's phone acting, because he did that both in this episode and the last, and it was pretty <laughs> phenomenal. Like, there's no one else there. That's just him. <laughs> He's a really, really, really good actor. I mean, to take this part and just... Soar with it. It's amazing. <laughs> Business doesn't get me down. Business gets me off. Okay. <laughs> His delivery of the lines. I just, there's no one else that would choose the same way to say things that he does or Kenneth or anybody. They're just, it's so great. So it makes no, them perfect. So that's the, thing. the writing itself, masterful. And then he finds a way to elevate it that much more by inserting himself into the character and fleshing it out to the point where it's just so engaging and super engrossing. And then he finds moments to have fun with it and sort of create little spontaneous moments that add to the scene and all of it is, it's like a masterclass in acting. He's wonderful. Like, yeah, he yelled at his daughter and called her like a fat pig, but he's great in this episode. (laughs) Well, on a different side note, I was older than I should have been when I still thought the expression was flushing things out, like flushing them out so that you could make sense of it. Flushing things out still doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) Making ends meet. For some reason, I thought that was like sausage and you had to make the ends of the sausage meat and then flushing out and flushing out. They still haunt me to this day. I mean, we mentioned before that I thought it was vagina with a B, not a B for a very long time. I thought it was nip it in the butt, not nip it in the bud. These are both super gay things that you're saying. I mean, the signs were there from a very early age, Julie. Um, I saw the sign. I opened up. No. <laughs> My hiner. My cat cow, cat cow, cat cow. So, of course, you know I love the background parts more than anything. So the announcer says, Jenna to the stage for jazz police. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think we should make skits for all of these that we've never seen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Although Cop Rock does exist as a to- as a TV show. Did you guys ever see that? Cop Rock? See it, but yeah. It was- wasn't it made by the same person that did NYPD Blue? Yeah, Stephen Bochco. Yeah. <laughs> now, we are Skyping today, which is super fun. And for those of us that have the names of computers we can pronounce, our cameras are up at the top of our screen. Nick's 
computer, which I can't pronounce. His is down by this the um, keyboard. So anytime he wants to type, we just see finger, 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 phalanges, phalanges, phalanges. So I don't know which where means chatting, and it's just finger which, It's a lot of finger play. And unfortunately, it means that I can't like surreptitiously Google things to act as if I've been no in the know the entire time, which I typically do, where I'll just be like, oh yeah, I have a cursory knowledge of this thing. And let me just quickly Google it while no one knows to make it seem like I'm a master. But I can't because my fingers are literally just like 3D. Terrifying. I'm an You're at all afraid of fingers. Okay, so what is the opposite of... We just talked about it, misophilia. But when they do the looping in this episode, thank you. Misophilia would be lover. When we (laughs) do that, when we do the looping in this episode of Josh doing the impression of Tracy, and later on the impression of Jack, it is the worst. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, because obviously it's um, a distorted recording of the actual actors, and then it's overdubbed, and it's yeah, it does get. Why bother? It's I, the joke not working. The payoff isn't there. He and can't I think do that's why they, walk in. Just let him do that. <laughs> I think that's why they eventually decide to just get rid of uh, get rid of Josh. He did a decent a- Leno on that one episode, even though everybody was mean to him about it. He does a decent Christopher Walken. He did a good Ray Romano. Yeah, um, yeah. Whose ever idea this was? Bad, 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 bad. So I don't know if you ever experienced that when someone's like, thank you, Tracy. Thank you for the best night of my life. He's like, you got it, AJ, man. I love you. And then he's like, I hate that kid. I want to fire. Yeah. Um, and then when Liz, first of all, he's and another amazing impression. Tracy does Liz. <laughs> How would you like it if I did an impression of you? I'm Liz Lemon. Shirts. I wear man shirts. Watch me skateboard. <laughs> Well, that's the funniest impression. You've got someone who's actually trying impressions. Um, that's a problem. Or maybe Tracy's just that good. And then he's like, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, Liz is like, I'm not going to fire Josh. Uh, Tracy's like, you always take his side. Flashback to <laughs> Tracy literally tasering Josh. <laughs> She's like, stop tasering him. Um, and so he was going to head up to Donaghy and then. Liz is basically like, don't do that. He's going to eat you and then eat me and then fold us up into a pizza or he's going to kill me and kill you and then fold us up into a pizza and then eat us both. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I know. To when she folds up the pizza and unhinges her jaw in the middle of the night when she's a night eater, right? (laughs) Isn't that the episode? Oh, my God. She eats the cigarettes, too. Oh, that's such a good one. She's unhinging her jaw. Oh, my God. (laughs) So good. Who would it's remember a, that and hold on to that for a, a joke five years later? I know. This fucking show, man. This fucking <laughs> show. Um, says, I wear man shirts and I skateboard. She's like, I don't skateboard. <laughs> she does wear man shirts. But like, she definitely wears man shirts. Um, the Jack advice is my favorite exchange of the episode. And there are a couple great ones. Like the exchange with Jack and Jack McBrayer's character, Kenneth. It's also wonderful, but I do appreciate Jack's advice on motherhood when Liz is sort of conceding that potentially she would want to have a baby. Um, (laughs) When he chastises her for trolling for seat, (laughs) when she makes the (laughs) announcement to the crew after literally everyone is offering their sperm to impregnate Liz. In this situation, like, first of all, how many people would want to be dads with like not just with Lids, because I'm sure she's a great womb and a great person, but just in general, why would everyone be like, yeah, take my sperm, lady? 
I think this is just like a swinging dicks competition. Like who can win the competition? Cause none um, of them find yeah. this attractive. They all are like, Bleh, gross. Put your boobs away. We hate you. Yeah. You're a man guy. <laughs> Lemon, we have a problem. I have this whole Tracy Josh thing under control. What are you talking about? Nothing. What are you talking about? You, you yelling at the crew, you trawling for seed. Oh, it's a big misunderstanding. Jenna thinks that I want to have a baby. I should have known this was going to be a problem when I decided to mentor a woman. No, in fact, what I said was that my body is trying to make me think I want to have a baby. But my body is not the boss of me. My brain is. All right. If you insist upon going all Murphy Brown on me, let me give you a tip. Don't smother your child with affection to compensate for not having a man in your life. Don't say you're the only man I'll ever love. Even babies know that's creepy. Of course. Don't put little notes in their lunch bag that say, Mommy's watching you. People find those things. I bet you behaved yourself, though. If your child is a terrific hockey player and a gifted flautist, don't make them play the national anthem on the flute in front of their teammates. Your mother did that? Now she wants to move in with me. I can't have that, Lemon. Then be an adult and call her and say you love her very much, but that living together is not going to work for you. Oh, no. <laughs> You don't know my mother. This is a woman that actually had a heart attack to prevent me from going on my honeymoon. Maybe her heart broke because she spent 20 years raising you and you're a total ingrate. That's exactly what she said. I know, as we mentioned um, earlier, Jenna decides, and they have like a really weird heartfelt moment that just felt very tonally disruptive from the rest of the episode <laughs> just when they have like any endearing heartfelt moments that are just that in your face where um jenna and liz are having dinner in her apartment so jenna and liz are having a lot of time in the early yeah, episodes of the season them. which we never see uh later and <laughs> she's just like do you think i'd be a good mom like perfectly earnestly without any joke attached to it and that's very rare for the show and it felt a little weird, but it was an interesting human moment when Jenna, especially, just gets more dehumanized and inhumane as the series progresses. <laughs> but you're skipping over the major questions, which are Paul Newman or Robert Redford. Correct. <laughs> and and I would Pitt. say Paul or George Clooney. Yeah, what are your answers to those? Well, Robert Redford's still alive, so I'd probably go for the live dick over the dead dick. <laughs> Personal preference. No judgment. And then oh, I really uh, guess George Clooney. I'm not a big fan of Brad Pitt. So, I mean, his when he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow and those paparazzi photos of him <laughs> his nude. And I know that that was the inspiration for Shania Twain's that don't impress me much. But man, that impressed me a lot as a young boy. And I was uh, I was into this. <laughs> so everyone and their mother is offering themselves to sire essentially Liz's progeny including Rachel Dratch and one of her few callback characters where she's the cat wrangler and offers her womb and it's not much but she does have a self-sufficient ferret farm up north she's willing to get cable because she knows how much Liz likes to watch TV which honestly is watching TV (laughs) which like it was super sweet and then it got super creepy but still mostly sweet I think um, but I think it wasn't just an invitation to like be a surrogate. It was like to be her lover and raise the baby with her. A hundred percent. And you know, <laughs> when it comes to Dennis Duffy versus the cat wrangler, she knows how to, she knows how to deal with pussy, doesn't she? So she'd be pretty good. She wrangles the cat so she can wrangle the cooch. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So. Behind. <laughs> what's, what's that? 
Pete's eyes behind Liz as the <laughs> cat lady's talking. I know. Oh my god. Yeah. And then she yells at Jenna, like, stop telling everybody I want to have, I want, I need someone to father my baby. And then you, we screenshot over to grizzin.com. We'll have flowers and candy. It's like, get away. <laughs> Which is so cute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone wants to help Liz get pregnant. And that, except for the, uh, poor grip crew member who's like, do you need a hookup? And she chooses that moment to announce, I do not need your sperm, which is how Jack is like, so you're trolling for, uh, for a seat. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, Jack's advice to Liz Lemon is wonderful and super fleshes out, or as Julie would say, flushes out the relationship. I know that I'm wrong now. It just lives inside me. Um, <laughs> this is like every single one of these lines was gold. Um, so Jack, when he realizes that Liz insists on going all Murphy Brown on him, decides to give her some tips. Like, don't smother your child with affection to compensate for not having a man in your life. Don't say you're the only man I'll ever love. Even babies know that's creepy. <laughs> don't put don't put little notes in their lunch bag that say, Mommy's watching you. People find those things. And Liz you is, hate yourself, though, didn't you? <laughs> Liz is like, I mean, honestly. But, and, like, Liz and Jack's um, mom do get along very well. Yes. And... Um, if your child is a terrific hockey player and a gifted flautist, don't make them play the national anthem on the flute in front of his teammates. <laughs> and then she says, did, you, did she really make you do that? He's like, she had a heart attack to keep me from going on my honeymoon. She's like, well, maybe your heart broke because she spent 20 years raising you and you're a total ingrate. It's like, you, that's exactly what she said. I, <laughs> they're the same person. Um, no, that was great. And then he's like, you know, be nice. I'm going to take Ken's advice. And it's like, Hello, mothers, and I see your voice. No, I'm not on anything. I know that things have been difficult for you lately, and I was thinking you carried me for nine months. It's kind of sad. Let me carry you. And then one single beat. Well, right back at you, Colleen. That's right. <laughs> you cut Paul's balls off, and you left him in the street to die. It's just like, like Emma said, his phone acting is so good. So good. Super amazing. Oh, <laughs> so the next time we're in Jack's office, he takes out a cracker and he puts more schmear on it than like anyone should ever put like the weight of whatever that schmear was 10 times the size of that cracker. And I put that down. I said, the phone rings. He's like, so it's maybe it's, it's not your mother. He says it's Christopher Walken. So yeah, then the end of the episode for me is not that satisfying when, when they get Josh to call everybody and pretend to be, he's like, Sh Sorry, Liz goes to uh, Josh and says, you better fix this. Like, everyone's pissed at you. And he calls Tracy and pretending he's Jack and says, you know, everything's going to be cool. I'm going to give you a super cool invisible motorcycle. Uh, but I got to go to the doctor because I can't stop pooping when I have sex. Which I do appreciate that they both just accept many things about each other. Like, Jack Donaghy says that Tracy Jordan just like, fair, honestly, normal way to end a conversation. Then Josh as... Tracy says, don't listen to anything I'm saying because I'm on my new meds. And then keeps repeating everything that Liz is saying, including, now hang up, idiot. And then Jack Donaghy's just like, all right, Tracy, I got to go. This is pretty par for the course with you. Like, idiot. Take your meds. Up. Uh, and then Josh is like, I could do Christopher Walken, which honestly, his Jack Donaghy sounds super Christopher Walken-y anyway. And Liz is like, do you like not know what's happening right now? <laughs> He's like, no. He's just like, uh-uh. <laughs> 
Um, a couple of little southern, like subtle moments that I super loved was Sari saying, "Check out my wedding dress, and it's a bathing suit that's white." <laughs> It's like absolutely and not young lady. Absolutely not young lady. Keeps walking. And then um, he's coming in and saying, Jenna, did you tell Life and Style that your favorite book is the Quran? Which <laughs> you did because you just wanted to sound smart. And that's when we get to the true crime moment of the show, um, where Liz Lemon steals a fucking baby because she's super baby crazy and the hairstylist makeup artist has her baby there and Liz Lemon holds her and then suddenly ends up in her apartment because she had highway-esque hypnosis, but instead of making it to her driveway and not having any recollection of how she got there, she instead stole a human being and ended up back at her apartment. And then she rushes right back to 30 Rock and the best part is Pete's like, let me give the baby back. It's like, what's the baby's name? She's like, well, her mother calls her Elizabeth. <laughs> But I've been calling her Nancy. And um, he's like, I'll Pete's take the baby. What's that? His pizza, Pete's eyes got wider than with the uh, cat right there. Well, and then he is going over there and he's like, I'm a hero. I got the baby. And you're like, oh, Pete. <laughs> so low. Maybe you should put the wig back on. I love we and should give she, her a week off. Yes. She's um, like, what? I mean, we have a lot of work to do. She's like, okay. <laughs> And stole her baby. But then Liz has the revelation that she could be happy with a baby that doesn't look like her and wasn't baked in and was baked in someone else's oven. And then she says she's going home. And Jack's like, We have a rehearsal. She's like, I stole a baby. Maybe a half day. I'm taking a half yeah, day. I'm taking a half day. So Liz, despite Jenna's best efforts of trying to inseminate her, comes to the ultimate conclusion that she is fine with adoption, and we assume she's going to start that. That's going to be a huge arc throughout the series, which is Liz's desire to be a mom, and sort of the trials, tribulations, and frequent foibles of her efforts to get a baby. And she also wants to have it all, um, which at the end she's like, but if anyone can figure it out, it's me. And then Jack points out to her that she's on an elevator that is not going down, but up. And we cut to her on nerds and then the episode ends. No, so, no. We go to Kenneth's apartment where he's oh, talking that's right. to a that's skeleton. Good. Yeah, we <laughs> Thank get you, Norman Bates moment. Yes. He's like, you're my best friend, mother. I love you so much. And she's like, I love you too, Kenneth. I don't know exactly what she says, but then he gets, he's like, oh my gosh, I just love it so much. She's like, all right, honey, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I know, that's, like, that's one of my biggest laughs when she's just like, because um, he's talking to a skeleton, Super Norman Batesy. We turned out that she's just on speakerphone and she got the kooky skeleton. And he's like, I love it. You're the best mother in the whole world. And she's just like, all right, calm down. Calm down, Kenneth. Okay, down. mother. <laughs> Who plays his mother in later years when she comes with Uncle, with the mother? Yes, Catherine that's right, Catherine O'Hara. So that was not Catherine O'Hara on the phone. Just like we had the fake uh, Tracy's wife, who wasn't <laughs> Sherry Shepard, this is not Catherine O'Hara. And Jack's mom was played by no voice, thank God, not voiced by Josh. And um, so we haven't met a fake Jack's mom yet. But I love this episode. I, I like the one before it a little bit better, but this is a great Super fun episode. Now, this does not work with Kenneth being immortal, unless his mother is also immortal. So I'm of the, I'm of the belief that Kenneth is an eternal being, right? That he's been around for... Yeah, and that's years. not just like you're... If you're like watching it play-by-play play with us and you're still just on the first season, that's not just Julie's crazy <laughs> belief. That does become... Oh, my gosh. It's not just the musings of her maniacal mind. It is actually sort of a canon bit of information that's flushed out further in the series. 
Um, but yeah, no, there are a couple things. It does. I mean, it gets. I'm it not gets ready for it. It's not time for him to go yet, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I need more time. <laughs> so, you know, it's the first year. They're figuring it out. We'll stick with it. If it's your first time ever watching it, I remember the first year not being my favorite. But now that we're watching it again, I still love it. It's great because we have all the clues for later and so much love for every character on the show except for Jenna. <laughs> and maybe Josh. Well, yeah, I mean, those I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, this is this is I think the only real episode that can be considered a uh, Josh episode, and thank God because trash, just all of his bits were trash. Like the, the lines when we were like we were talking about Alec Baldwin who takes great writing and elevates it. Josh, or the actor who plays him, takes great writing and sort of brings it down a little bit where you can recognize like it'd be funnier reading it as a transcript than actually hearing him do it. A young Alec Guinness, he is not. <laughs> I think he may just be like a low energy person in their friend group or something. Mm-hmm. So, cause it seems like everybody's playing a little version of themselves to some degree. Yeah. Tracy's bonkers. Kenneth is his own little weird world. You know, they just seem to be playing a little versions of themselves. So I don't know what his deal is, but Hopefully he goes on to other things. And I'm guessing he's a writer since most of the people are. His name is Lonnie Ross. Of course it is. Terrible picture of him on his IMDb page. And yeah, doesn't look like he's done anything else I've ever heard of, except he was in the Bernie's Wonder Years TV movies as Paul Pfeiffer. Two episodes of Arrested Development. And 37 episodes of 30 Rock. Where he's a background character. I don't care. If you would have asked me how many episodes total Josh was in, I would have said 10. 12. <laughs> 37. So how we're going to have lines? spot the Josh in all these episodes and figure that out. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes for somebody we really remember. No offense, Lonnie. Right? Yeah. Seriously. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I did one of the, there was one more thing that I wrote down that I found funny which usually every time I do this, no one laughs. And it's like, why did you even speak, Nick? But I'm going to power through. <laughs> Where Liz is, so Sari is getting her makeup done by the makeup artist who does it because it's fun for them it's to like practice. She's like a Barbie doll. She's just like a real life Barbie. The hairstylist has the baby there uh, because her babysitter got jury duty. And she's just like, I think I'm going to kill myself. And Liz is like, you know, there's no real hurry to have babies, um, especially since you're going to name them Bookcase, Sandstorm, or maybe Hat, even though that is a boy's name, and apparently you're definitely going to have a girl. And she's just like, there's no big hurry to have babies or other things in life, like a career or, or a working job. or having a job or working <laughs> or just like, you know, you could be working. And then Sari's so like, we well, can have a career at any time. You can only be a young hot mom for a very short amount of time. Like, you want to be 50 at your graduation? And then Liz is like, well, I mean, 50 is not that old. And Sari's so like, oh, wait, are you 50 now? <laughs> That was a moderate, that was a sensible chuckle, and I'll take it. Thank you. This has been worth it. Are you 50? Which isn't funny at all, but <laughs> so true. Only so much time to be a young hot mom. Gwyneth Paltrow wannabe, Suri, and your Apple, and Moses, and bookcase, and whatever. Love it. Such also, Leo Spachemin made a little oh. appearance, which yes, I know you help. love him. True, I don't like him either, but she's like, oh, you were in the name under fertility, and uh, he's like, I'm also under meth addiction and childhood <laughs> counseling or something. Just psychiatry, yeah. 
Psychiatry, thank you. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I felt God, I'm so fucking annoying. Oh. Like, I have to correct you. It's actually psychiatry. Did you realize? Yeah. That? Did you guys ever see all those like 2020s and Datelines or whatever about that fertility doctor who had just impregnated all the people? And there no. were like hundreds of babies that were all his seed. Oh, God. That's disgusting. And he's not cute. So. Oh, God. Which like but is like sometimes. A small how, town. Yeah. It uh. is sometimes how I play my Sims games, though, where I'll just have one character <laughs> and they'll just bang the whole. The whole town. <laughs> you know? uh, but in real life, scary and gross, especially if it's in a small town, because that's such a large percentage of the population. They're not going to realize that they're siblings and they're going to start banging each other than inbreds. Until you get inbreds. <laughs> Doesn't Jenna end up with like eight siblings at one point? Yeah. She has eight kids. Eight kids. Because she donated her eggs. Right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll get there many, many moons from now. Buckle up, guys. Buckle up for Blurg, everybody. <laughs> blurg, 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 blurg. Oh, I like that. What is so? What's your blurg, gemstone blurg, 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 blurg. I liked it once. So what? Is... <laughs> what's my gemstone rating for this one? What's your gemstone rating for the Baby Show? I this one was like, this one was like an eighty-two for me. Mm, it's pretty low in the. That is low for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was not my favorite either. But once again, when we talk about them and we laugh 47,000 times, I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's so good. No, here's the thing. They're all amazing. This one just wasn't my fave, you know? Now, you've backed away a little too far from your microwave, microwave there. My microwave? <laughs> Get closer to the microwave. Hot pocket. Um, oh no, my gosh, hot pockets, yes. Where are you? <laughs> this is how you didn't realize I fell over before because I'm leaning backwards and... I just like leaned all you the way back and fell out. Blur the screen on, so you're so far back that you're just a blur. Oh my god, that's amazing. Or my <laughs> eyes have gotten significantly worse really quickly as I stare no, at my no. screen for 20 hours. <laughs> Did you guys get your update yesterday or this morning that says how many hours of day you're spending on your phone? <laughs> no, I didn't. Every I didn't. Monday morning, it wakes me up like all you do is look at your phone. <laughs> that's all you do. It's like, like a podcast. <laughs> I play games. I'm not just on Instagram looking at dogs. <laughs> uh, but even no, if I was <laughs> no so I don't have a, I don't have an Apple but I do have an Android and it's basically like um, hey slut you discovered a 25th hour I guess because you literally <laughs> have done nothing else but loaf around on your fucking couch taking zero steps and assuming you crawled to the kitchen then I thought we were going to be working on your fitness he's my witness I actually have been working on my fitness Ooh, but I want to keep expectations low because like I know I'm going to like be working super hard this entire quarantine and come out and look the exact same. So. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us on a- another episode of Blurg. Blurg! Blurg! I know you liked it once. I'm hoping you like it the third time as well because it's the charm, I guess. Since we are doing this via Skype and virtually and staying quarantined in our homes, we're going to end this call much like Jack ended his conversation with fake Tracy. Hang up. What? Idiot? Idiot. I got to go. Idiot. Bye, guys. See you next time. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank.